0: Hey everybody, welcome to Fear the FinCast. It's February 21st, 2017, the year of our team O'Meyer. Uh, Jacob Sutter, the managing editor of fearthefin.com with Marcus White. Yeah, the other people, Marcus. Uh, we're gonna do the we're gonna do the chat correctly today. I put in multiple links um, on the post today because I neglected to do that last time and was extremely fairly uh, criticized for not doing that. Um I got roasted in the, in the comments. So go ahead and drop your comments and questions inside of that chat, and I will answer them. The three or four people in the, in the chat last time did get their questions answered, so I can say that I do answer the questions that I do see, and I don't answer the questions that I don't see. Amazing. Uh, so a quick rundown of what we're going to get to today. We'll briefly, and I do mean briefly, talk about the games over the weekend. Uh, we'll look ahead at the bio week, and we'll talk trade deadline and Nikolai Goldobin. And i uh, kind of touch on the rest of the rookies and kind of where the Sharks' roster stands right now because that obviously directly relates to uh, what the Sharks need to be looking at, trade deadline, if they're going to do anything at all. Um, I guess I will start by kind of posing that question to you, Marcus. Uh, I know you didn't get a chance to watch the games all that closely this week in case you were out on assignment. Uh, but trade deadline, I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit, and I know neither of our positions have really changed. Um But uh, has anything changed for you as far as what you see the Sharks doing at the deadline this year, especially given that Aaron Dell had another incredible game this weekend?
1: Uh, I think him playing that well, probably they're going to begrudgingly not acquire a backup goaltender, although, of course, I can still absolutely see that happen. Uh, I think, if anything, I could see, you know, with Goldobin getting benched in the second period, Meyer going down now, or benched in the third period. Excuse me, against Boston, Meyer playing down now. Um, I could absolutely see them doing something and acquiring a veteran. Um, I don't think they should. I think they should just ride with the young guys and give them that pretty crucial experience. Um, but I could, I could see some consternation over that, and you know, additionally, not just with the young guys, but with DeBoer benching uh Mikhail bodker for another another third period. This feels like you know the, the fourth or fifth time it's happened. It might only be the third time. Um but a little a little too regular, especially considering, you know, how well you know we've thought Bodker's played without necessarily having scored um and how well those guys have looked. Uh I I think Doug Wilson will I was I want you to write a piece about it this week and kind of look at his look at his trade deadline history and see what he's done. But he's always made some kind of a move. Um, he's always made some kind of a trade. Even when the Sharks shipped out guys in 2014-15, when they weren't making the playoffs, he still brought in Ben Smith. He's always – it's a—it's felt like he's always brought in somebody at the trade deadline. And as much as I think they should not do that, I just think, you know, old habits die hard. And I think they're going to bring in someone, especially in the light of, you know, the recent benchings and. Uh, the demotion of Timo Meyer, maybe they think, okay, you know, he's not, they're not quite ready. So we'll bring in a vet for this run. And then next year, all those guys are going to have free reign. I don't think that's the wise move. I think it'd be wise to give them experience now, but I could see them erring on the side of caution.
0: Uh, We had a fan post that just went up. Uh, Chichu did another one of his big, uh, you know, rosterbation posts as he is. Oh, hell yeah. I got to read that. Yeah. I always, uh Incredible for a, for a few reasons. One, you know, they're, they're usually I, – I wouldn't necessarily say reasonable because it always feels like they, they favor the Sharks really, of course. really, really heavily and always are missing like two or three pretty, pretty big pieces. Um, my favorite thing is that I love posting them on our Twitter feed and just seeing other teams' fans just absolutely lose yeah. their minds. Um, yes. I spent about 20 minutes last night chirping Islanders fans. Um, because of Tavares. Yeah, because of Tavares. Uh, it was, uh, oh, oh, you want John Tavares, and I want to win the lottery. And so I so I, I yeah. think I said multiple times, oh, you, uh, don't you want a, a building to play in next year? Uh, and then I just yeah. blocked them after that. Uh, it's a real classy organization we run here at Fear the Fin. Um,
1: I, I think he does, makes some good points, though. He mentions the, the defenses set, goaltending set, and he says you – know, His the evaluation
0: that, of the Sharks is extremely fair. His evaluation of what yeah. it would take to get John Tavares is – I think, right. a little bit on the soft side.
1: I mean, if you, I, I, if you could do LeBanc for one trade, LeBanc, Wah Brendan Dillon, uh, which if Wa wasn't hurt, I'd say Colorado probably is more likely to do. I like think that so, first, too. I would do that trade probably in a heartbeat.
0: I would do literally all of these trades, except for the, maybe the last couple in a heartbeat is the problem. That's why I know they don't work.
1: The Tava- oh, the Tavares, one, that's, that is quite a haul if you're the Islanders.
0: That's not a haul.
1: They'll, they'll they'll ask for Meyer instead of gold. Yes. Uh, and I cool. would still do it. I think of all these guys he has listed, I think JBR is probably the most gettable.
0: Yeah. Um, the problem here is that I think still – and we talked about this on the last podcast. I think it was the last podcast um, where we talked about the Sharks needing a number one guy for the future. And I think the only number one guy on this list is still John Taveras. Duchesne, yeah. to me, is still like – He's Couture. Right. He's, and we already have a Couture, first. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, we still don't have a number one guy. Now we have two right. number two guys. And that's yep. cool. I would rather have two twos than no than you know, one two, but that yeah. doesn't help us for the future. And I don't wanna give up on a guy that maybe could be a one, probably not. But uh, you know, you never know. We know what Matt right. Duchesne is at this point. So Right. Yeah. That helps yeah. the sharks for this year, but it doesn't help them going forward. So yeah. I can, I can think- go get to this. I don't mind selling. Anything, I, Tavares to me is like you know the guy I would give up literally anything for. Tavares. I mean, he's a
1: top five, he's a top five center in the league. Right. I, okay. So I'm
0: not. I know I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here. But I say, hey, literally, I would give up literally anything for John Tavares. But I would literally.
1: So. I do. Uh, I do like him throwing it. I'll, I'll give him because I I I like this piece a lot. It's very uh, some very interesting guys. I would. I would love Wayne Simmons and Teal. That's the last thing. That would be so great. Oh man, I, I, That's a guy I would, uh, That's an Insta-Jersey buy for me. Oh, yeah, because it would piss off Kings fans, and he's going to yes. become a fan favorite instantly.
0: Instantly. It, can can you imagine how many jerseys he would sell in San Jose? Just uh, absolutely instantly. Just sign him to an eight-year contract, build a, a statue, deal. it's Three over. Three
1: more years, and he's only make, he's oh, making I less than normally in a year. There's
0: there's no way that Philadelphia trades him, of course, because they're, they're yeah. a team that's on the, on the, you know, on the rides right now. And there's, that, yeah. there's just no way. Yeah. like Yeah. Really uh, very... Yeah. Very good. I, I, you know, pinned it to the front page. So it's uh, that's definitely an easy, easy to find. Yeah. His, his stuff is, uh, is, is extremely good, a good, good read. And I always look forward to it. It's honestly, that's one of uh, the few things I look forward to trade deadline time, because for sharks fans, it's usually a, uh, oh, my God, what bad defender is Doug Wilson going to require or uh, what um, mediocre winger is about to get slotted into the lineup? Yeah. Uh, but Chichu's uh, posts are just, uh, just a breath of fresh air in a, a toxic chamber. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, definitely go check that out. So, yeah, nothing has really changed for me, obviously. I, I the, the thing is that, I, that I'm that i worried about is that, you know, it'd be nice. It was like, oh, man, jokes, you're going to go get a forward and we can slot him in over Michael Haley. It's like, oh, no, no, you mean over Bacow Bodkar. And it's like, oh.
1: Oh, after scoring two points in a game, I don't think Haley's going to get scratched ever again the rest of the season.
0: And it's just kind of like, okay, okay. That's yeah. pretty, that's pretty dumb.
1: I mean, well, you didn't and know I, it is, but that's just what's going to happen.
0: And to me, uh, you know, I, I think that this is something that probably needs to be addressed here is that, you know, I don't know maybe Pete DeBoer's a bad coach. I think he's a, I think he's a pretty bad coach. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I,
1: I think you know, blind, like he has his blind spots, like every coach, I mean, I, again, I, you know the, the knock on him in his previous stops has been they go his teams do their best under him in their first year and they decline each year after that so far and I, I think this is because he this he has by far the best roster he's ever had um, so far the sharks are bucking that trend they're seven at this point last year they had seventy points at this you know now this year they have seventy seven uh, they were eight points out of the division last year now they're five points up on the division. Uh, I think that says as much about the the state of the division as it does about the Sharks. But um, so far, he's bucked that trend. Uh, now it'll, you know, you know, we're gonna have to see down the stretch. Does he? Does he start Aaron Delmore? He played him on the back to back, and I, you know, uh, James Reimer got a lot of starts last year down the stretch. I, I, given the Sharks' position in the division, and you know, I given and also given how well they did last year not winning the Pacific division, I could, I could definitely see them, you know, saying, okay, we're comfortable with him now. Let's give him, you know, give him a few more starts and give Jones some rest down the stretch because, uh, you know, I, I think I'm mean, going to – I'm also going to write about this, this this week is, you know, not a lot of goaltenders have won Stanley Cups starting as many games as Martin Jones is on pace to start. And it, I, think, I think a big – we'll never know the, the causation or the correlation – uh, but I think a big reason the Sharks made that run to the cup final last year was because James Reimer started so many games down the stretch and Martin Jones was as fresh as, he, as he'd been all season.
0: A uh, couple things. The Sharks have are a worse Fenwick team this year than they were last year with a better roster. That's Pete Tabor. Like that's, 100%. that's
1: a fair criticism. Yeah, that's fair. I
0: mean, about, I, like, like the thing is he's he. he I, like, we know he's not a good coach at best. He's a net neutral coach, which I know there are a lot of those coaches. There are arguably like 20 of those coaches in the NHL. And I'm not right. saying you can't win with that coach. Randy Carlisle has a Stanley cup. He just does. Right. Um, You know, that, that that's just true the thing is is that it's frustrating because the like the Sharks window right now the real Stanley Cup window unless Doug Wilson goes out and gets a John Tavares is you know probably this year maybe next year and then we're talking about being close to having to work their way back into it again yeah and they're pinning their hopes on a guy that is playing Michael Haley instead of at the very least it, to me, it's not even that, like, for sure, Michael Haley is much worse than a guy like Goldobin. Because, you know, right. a guy that's trying to work himself into the NHL game, whatever. What, that's not even my point. I'm not trying to say, hey, Goldobin yeah. is a better NHLer right now than Michael Haley. My point is that you're wasting experience, you know, on a guy that's never going to turn into anything in the NHL, most likely. Whereas a guy like Goldobin or Sorensen or Danny O'Regan, whatever, whoever your guy is, right. could kind of use the time. Yeah, Uh, Danny, Danny O'Regan is like 10th or uh, he's in the top 20, I should say. I I know he leads the Barracuda in primary points right now. I mean, you know, why isn't he getting a look? Why is Marcus Sorensen not getting more of a look on the wing? I I don't, I don't understand what the, what the argument is for putting Haley in the lineup because he's not helping the NHL team. It's not helping any of the young guys to not get playing time. It it doesn't, it just, it doesn't make sense. And it's, it's, it's frustrating.
1: He's uh and I think he's you know i i think you know some of it is the you know he provides a quote unquote different look you know whatever you know you think of that i i think that's that's fair to say you know he is he is willing to drop the gloves he provides that element of toughness and i i think for a lot of coaches and management, i think that's still a very important aspect of the game um and I think he's played, I think he's played in his defense, I think he's played pretty well with Chris Tierney and Melker Carlson lately. I mean, these are the best linemates he's probably had consistently all season. Um, all career, first of all. Yeah, all career, yeah, for sure. But again, you know, it comes back to, you know, it comes back to what we talked about Tierney. In the playoffs, you don't want Tierney as your third line center, you want him as your fourth line center. And in the sure playoffs, so. you don't want Haley as your fourth line winger. Ideally, you'd have another one of your players, you know, slide down, maybe Timo Meyer or Kevin LeBanc, someone, you know, someone with a little more skill that can impact the game because, you know, the game is just so much tighter. So, you know, I, I, this could, I think this could very well come to a head in the postseason. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when Jonas Donskoy comes back, because I don't, I think in a, in a lot of ways, he may be kind of like a trade deadline acquisition for the Sharks because um, he's gonna provide a boost to their lineup that they haven't had in a few games the, of course the concern is um the concern is if he gets hurt again because he's you know he's had some injury issues here in the last couple seasons um, but if he doesn't get hurt he is a you know he's a, he's another top nine forward and that's as good of a that's as good as an acquisition at the trade deadline uh, at this point and you don't have to give anything up so you know, I I, want, I do wonder who will get scratched. Could it be LeBanc because he's the young, the young man out? Possibly. Uh, it shouldn't be LeBanc. I think he's played well. Uh, I do. I do think it's probably Haley when, when comes back. So, um, but you know, who you does do it
0: that it's probably Haley. But I the, at this point, the fact that there's not confidence that it's Haley is concerning, and I think speaks to that. Right. To me, what it speaks to is that. I feel like there is not an organizational philosophy at the Sharks right now. Why isn't there one? That's concerning to me. I feel like with other organizations and in other sports, that's, that's a thing. How do the Sharks want to play? I don't know. I think after the Stanley Cup, after they got their butts kicked in the Stanley Cup final, what did they say? We want to play fast. No, they don't. Right that that's bullshit we know that that's a lie we know that they said that because like oh well after we just got destroyed by a fast team we want to say we want to play fast and i get that right because that's what you say because that's what everyone else in the nhl is saying but they don't want to play fast and i get that because they can't really play fast and playing fast doesn't really mean anything okay yeah
1: but certainly they not in the western, certainly not in the western conference i don't think they feel they can play at that at that pace
0: And that's fine. I'm not saying they have to play fast because again, I feel like playing fast doesn't mean anything. That's just a thing that people say, you know, it's like when you like go to a party and you just like, like, Oh man, I was, yeah. So what's everyone doing? I I don't know. I'm just kind of, you know, I'm just kind of here and I'm going to say whatever gets me, gets me through to the next, to the next conversation here. The my point is, is that the, the team doesn't really know what it wants to do. There's no plan. They're just kind of like, Oh, we're just kind of rolling the pucks out there. And, um, hoping to score more goals than the other guys. So, and I feel like that's kind of a problem with the Sharks organization as a, as a whole. Um, they're like, well, Jumbo's going to go out there, and uh, then we're going to kind of roll the lines over. You know, and that's true on the power play. The power play doesn't have a plan. The Sharks, you know, top to bottom, there's no plan. There, there's no cohesiveness as an organization as far as what they want to do. And listen, if there is a plan and they're not saying what it is, that's that's not really any better. Because being, you know, some kind of bullshit secret society wearing teal isn't like some cool thing. That's not a cool thing that they're that they're you know keeping it close to the vest either.
1: Well, Cause I, mean, I don't I really
0: because it just not It just looks they, like they don't know what they're doing.
1: I, again, I think that's I think that's a hard uh, that's a hard thing to. You know, prove definitively one way or the other. Ultimately, we're not in you know strategy meetings. We're not in behind the scenes talks, so we don't see like what they're being told to do. I, if I had to say what their, the
0: ice. Do you feel like? Do you feel watching them play? Do you feel like there is a plan when they're I jumbling I up do. their line? Like they have
1: that, a certain style and identity they they want to play. I do. Yeah. Okay, I what think, is it? I think they want to play a quote unquote north south game. I think they they uh, emphasize the forecheck i think they want to they don't just dump and chase they dump and i'd say they dump and pressure they want to get the puck into the into the offensive zone pin a defenseman along the boards cause havoc get the puck back and then work the puck off it offensively when burns is out there they want to work the puck back to the point uh, with him to shoot but i would say i would say the sharks identity revolves around their their forecheck do you, you think say, have, do you think they have less of an identity than when they played under McClellan? Uh, I I no.
0: I would say that the problem is is that if they feel like they have that identity, that their roster decisions don't support that.
1: I would no, I agree. I would agree with that. So no, my point
0: is that's not right. an identity. What, okay, what, that, you said, what you just said is hockey word soup. Okay, because that's what everybody says, and then you make a then you make lineup decisions that don't support that. If you have an identity and you don't support it, what you basically have is a hockey phrase book, and then you have some dudes that come up and look at the hockey phrase book and then just go do what they're doing. You know right. what I mean? Like to me, that so you that don't,
1: you don't think Michael Haley it fits with that four forechecking style we're talking about.
0: I mean, I think that I think that he is that no because I think
1: Temo Meyer's a better fit in that than Haley is, but I do, I think Haley, I think that's one me, thing he does well is that he does, you know, okay. He does I Okay. Let me, let me rephrase. It, it's line. not that, okay, it, it's
0: not, it's not a style thing, right? Right. It's like, okay, you're, you're right. Your, your tricycle can also go down my street. Okay. But if you have access to a car, you should probably use the car. And if you're right. telling me what the tricycle is better than the car. And I keep telling you, no, empirically the car is better than the tricycle. And you keep saying, no, the tricycle's better than the car, I'm beginning to think you actually don't want to drive anywhere. Uh-huh. That's my point. And that's why what's okay. concerning to me. And that's why I think the identity is bullshit and they don't have one because they're not committed to actually completing the goal that's stated inside of the identity. That, that, that's my point. Yeah. Because like, I feel okay. like there's not a commitment to wanting to get to where they want to get to if they're not actually willing to do the work to get there.
1: That's and, that, and, that, and that's fair. I mean, I do think, I do think there are players that – you know, aren't getting as much of a look that do fit, you know, again, Meyer being the biggest example. I think he, he fits the way they, they want to play. He's the hurdle. He's
0: Hurdle. He's Tomas Hurdle, basically. That's the guy that to me, it's the shark system is Tomas Hurdle. And that's why that's, you know, a guy that can play (laughs) the shark system. is like, Oh, a guy that would fit well playing, you know, and that's, 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 Timo Meyer, you know, a guy that can, you know, go chase pucks down, check yeah. check guys along the board, puck puck recovery basically. Exactly, and, and then that's throw it would, up to. I them. would
1: say if I had to say their their system or their identity in two words, it's uh, predicated on puck recovery, uh, and right, yeah, and I, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't appreciate, but I, I yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I don't think they're using their most optimal my optimal lineup currently, um, and I think. And this is a this is a theory of mine. I have not spoken with Pete DeBoer about this, so I'm I, I want to couch this and not say I'm I'm not in I'm, not in I'm not in his head, so I can't say this is what he definitively thinks. Um, but I do think with some of these coaches, there can be a blind spot for guys like Michael Haley, because you know, it, I mean, we are we are talking about humans here, and a play a coach like Todd McClellan, a coach like Pete DeBoer had they made the NHL, they would have been in Michael Haley's position, you know, having to bust their, bust their ass and, you know, maybe play a role that they had not been asked to play when they were younger, you know, not asked to necessarily, you know, be a, be a goal scorer. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the kind of play. And I I haven't watched Pete DeBoer play. I never watched Todd McClellan play, but, you know, knowing what heights they reached and how both spent a lot of time in the minor leagues, not much time, if any, in the NHL, if they were going to make the NHL, that's, that's who right. they would have been. So I think I think for a lot of coaches, and again, theory of mine, amateur amateur psychology. Not a um, this is not these are not his words. These are my words. I think there can be a bit of a blind spot for players like this because of the. I don't want to say sympathy, and I don't want to say empathy, because I don't want to yeah, imply that they feel right. bad for him. But it's like, oh, I recognize that kind of a player and I think I, when I play you
0: yeah, you value the work ethic because that's exactly. something you should and when I played
1: him. I wish that had been yeah. valued. yeah so I think and you know I think and you know and this is the I don't think I, I don't think Haley should get uh demoted I think he's a perfectly, no, perfectly fine 13th I mean he's Absol- I, I,
0: right I don't think so either no keep him him him. I still think he has, should have a roster spot I think he yeah, should you're be at,
1: a, you're at a great like you know would we it's just it goes again it goes back to optimal use of the lineup like he's this is not to say he's worse than Mike Brown or worse than Mike no, literally
0: Scott. not even remotely true he is so yeah. so so much better than, I mean, than like any of the guys we've had in that, with um, that
1: fourth line and against I think against bad teams he looks better because like those teams a lot better in fact those, those teams don't have the same depth but you know when he's against the the top 16 fourth lines in the league in the postseason, He'll probably struggle, and again, that's that's just knowing his limits as a hockey player. So I think I, I
0: think people are in for a rude awakening when the playoffs roll around if he's still in the lineup, because I think I people yeah. people have forgotten already what it was like in the playoffs last year with Nick Spaulding in the lineup, and it's right. amazing to me how how yeah. quickly people forget.
1: Another 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 blind spot guy, I think, for DeBoer, a guy you know, a hard worker, and the plus guy I think, the
0: guy that played for him in mean, Kitchener, you know. yeah, yeah. Amazing! That's what, it was. what a amazing surprise!
1: Use him compared to you know Bodker, who also played for him in junior. Yeah, uh, but I, again, I think it's it's a there are there are definitely the goalposts move for players depending on which line they're on and how new they are to the team, how much money they're making. Exactly. Uh, I mean, we saw with Joel Ward this year. I mean, when he got he got scratched, what two times in three games? Yes. That was yeah. ridiculous. Bad. I mean, and. That's, bad, that's well. bad coaching. That, no, it's great. There's a bad decision. Of course, they'll he'll point to and say, "Oh, he, you know, he's played well since then." But you could easily so he played well before then. He played well before. wasn't going in the net. Now he's now he's starting to score. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I I think there. Yeah, there have definitely been some suboptimal uh lineup decisions.
0: Good word choice. Good word
1: choice. Uh, thank you. Um,
0: we'll send it straight to the men and Blazers.
1: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I think so. I think it that hasn't been that really has not been uh, ideal. But I do think the um, I do think that come playoff time, come Don's boy getting healthy, I think ultimately the right decisions are going to get made. You know, I could see Haley could get a game or two in a series, but he's not going to be playing. He's not going to have played every game in the postseason. I just, no, if does, no,
0: I don't think so either.
1: If he does that's bad coaching. But I, again, I think I think De Boer is rewarding the you know the consistency, rewarding the the hard work. And I, I think, you know, you can't, I think, it, and again, we're not, we're not, we're definitely not criticizing Haley's work ethic. Like, you know, the, nope. guy, the guy is built like a tank, like, you know, he, and he had, had to, you know, work very hard to get where he is now. Um, And like we said, he's not, he is absolutely not Mike Brown, but no, I agree. I think there, I do think there is a bit of, but I do think there is a bit of a blind spot for players like that.
0: Hey, we've got some questions here. Akira asked, how does everyone feel about Bogdorff's progress this year? Um, I think, it's a twofold thing. One, I do think Botker has gotten better as the year's gone on, just in the way that he's obviously adjusted to, you know, just to playing with the Sharks, because that's the way it works. I mean, you go to a new team, and I do think there is a feeling out process. At the same time, I think that he has not gotten as much better as I think people think he has. I think Botker's mostly played pretty well all year long. It's just that, you know, he went through that little scoring streak because that's, you know, that's what scores do. They're streaky. Um, I think he's been pretty good this year just hasn't really gotten the scoring that I think um, that we would like to see. And I, that to me has more to do with shooting percentage than anything else. Um, the weirdest thing with him is that uh, he's, he's just missed the net a lot. Uh, and I, I think even that has to do with shooting percentage. Um, you know, the Corsi shooting percentage is a thing. How often your shot attempts miss the net. And that's at a, at a low point for him this year. You know, some of that has to do with so
1: more of his shots are missing the net than in previous years.
0: Right. Yeah, yes, yeah, correct.
1: That's why um, that's when where the stats back up the eye test because I felt like he has he has missed the net uh, yeah. quite. A here. Um,
0: uh, you know, p- listen, that could be bad luck. That could be him declining already. Um, that would be not great Uh because guess what? We have him for a couple more years. Uh, right. And if he's going Tyler Kennedy on us already, then uh, trouble. The uh. <laughs> Because listen, he's not a good possession player, and uh, if he's not going to score goals, the Sharks are in trouble. And yeah, I keep seeing. Uh, uh, so go ahead and give. Why don't you answer this question? Because we have a thing. I would say
1: he's not a good a possession time. player on his own, but when he is with the right players, he can be uh, a very good possession. You're I right. think that's fair. I think, and I think, even though he hasn't scored a ton, you know, with them, uh, I would say the best he has, quote the best he's looked this season has absolutely been with Logan Couture and Patrick Marlowe. Like that has been a, just a, a perfect asynchronous uh, usage of those three players. I mean, I've, you know, I've tweeted about a little bit, the hockey sense that they display. I mean, some of the, I think like, if you're going to make a reel of the Sharks best goals this season, like the five best, two of them have been scored by that Marleau Marlowe, and they played
0: what, like maybe 70 minutes together or something. Yeah, it feels exactly. like, like nothing. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. They're uh they are they are like they're very good um, together. I, I would say I think he's played pretty consistently all year. I think you know maybe he I think there I think if you want to say when he's looked when he started to look better it was probably that uh, Eastern Canada road trip when in Toronto and Ottawa those were probably uh, you know two of his strongest games but again he didn't score he was generating wow, but- plenty of chances he didn't yeah but those games were just
0: man those were the games I was like man this is how he's gonna die he's gonna die out here never yeah. scoring again. he's actually just gonna evaporate on the ice like never yeah. mind guys
1: take me to heaven god yeah. it's over I can't do it <laughs> yeah so I think that was that was when he when I was really started to notice you're like huh Mikel Bodker is not a bad hockey player of course the concern <laughs> is that despite having played well the puck's still not going in but I, I, you know, I, and I, like I said, I did not get a chance to watch much of the Boston game, so I'm not really sure how he, how he looked there, but I, I do think the whole Couture line was awful. The Couture uh, line was, bad. Wise was,
0: um, no bueno.
1: Yeah. Did
0: you, you get I, it? I, like, cause it was yeah. a West. Thank you. <clears throat> It'd be, uh, yeah. no, I can't do Italian, so sorry. I was going to, but I, I'm not going to do it.
1: <clears throat> I think the Sharks have, um, you know, I, I, I think the Sharks have, um, Oh God, what was I going to say about Bodker? I think, I think DeBoer in a way, and maybe he's done it because he knows Bodker's responded to it and Bodker, like maybe it's because he's coached Bodker before and he knows Bodker can take it. But I feel like in these bench shortenings in the third period, um, and again, I didn't watch the Boston game. And if you said that line was terrible, someone on that line had to probably, if he was going to shorten the bench, it was. That's the guy that's going. Spoiler alert. Um, But I do, I do think in some of the games where they've shortened the bench and, you know, he's, it it always feels like they're like, okay, we're going to shorten the bench. We're going to drop Bodker down when I I don't think that's always been fair uh, to him. And I think there's another point, but again, coaches, you know, there was a great piece, uh, Ryan Lambert on puck daddy wrote about um, how Bruce Boudreau, how the, you know, the, the wild are playing a lot better this year. And you know, coaches really don't have an impact on shooting percentage. Um, and the Sharks team, unless you know, it's like Daryl Sutter when he asks everybody to sh- just shoot from every angle possible. And that's why they, you know, they're, and they have such a, such low scoring numbers, but such high, you know, puck possession numbers is because they, they're taking a ton of low percentage shots. Um, DeBoer doesn't have a, doesn't have control over that. But, you know, team wide shooting percentages are low, like across the team. The only, I think the only player, other than the only players that have you know high shooting percentages, like above their career averages, and this is without checking, I would guess are Patrick Marlowe and Brent Burns. Uh, that's possible. Yeah, it's tough to check
0: on that. I had a I have a chart that I haven't updated in a while, but yeah, there was a while where there were like, uh, but there was like maybe also. Uh, uh, last or Paul Martin, or somebody also. Yeah. No, yeah,
1: Martin, Martin Martin had that stretch where he scored like three goals. Yeah,
0: yeah, so yeah, but yeah, basically, it was a, a tough, a tough road to hoe.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. So I, I think, I think it's just been, it's been a team wide lack of scoring. Um, I think Bodker's played well. Sharks gonna complain if, if Vegas takes him in the expansion draft? Absolutely not, but, um, good segue. Yeah. Let's talk about
0: that. People are talking like, b- Vegas is going to take Mikhail Bodker in the expansion draft. I think people need to chill out a little bit. Vegas, unless, um, well, you know, listen, lots of really dumb things have happened in Vegas. It's a city built on bad decisions. Um, I don't think Mikhail Bodker is going to get taken to the expansion draft, kids, Um, for a lot of reasons. You know, one of the biggest ones is, uh, listen, George McPhee is not like, you know, the world's greatest general manager in in the world or anything, but uh, he's also not an idiot. Right. Um, There are a lot – and there are a lot of, like, number three defense n- defenders available, like, number three, four def- – like, a lot. Vegas could almost entirely be built on number three, four defenders. But the Sharks have some really good defenders that are probably going to be available, and there's no way in the world that they take Mikael Bodker instead of one of them. I mean, even if you, you know, really – heavy protect um if you choose to protect some forwards instead or it's uh some really protect heavy protect defenders instead of forwards you know if you left um you know i don't know if you left jesus tyranny available like an idiot i mean they would take him instead of Bodker. you yeah. know uh i mean there's just i just do not see a situation in uh this universe or any of its infinite parallels where, uh, where the gets, gets taken by Vegas. I,
1: so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say there is a scenario where I think they can take him. And that's because they need to reach the salary floor and he would help at $4 million. He's going to help reach the salary. They, floor.
0: they, they, they won't need help reaching the salary floor.
1: Uh, I mean, if it comes down to, if you need a quote unquote bad contract to reach the floor, and it comes.
0: I, I I don't think that I what I'm telling you is like having done this expansion draft multiple you think, times. They will have no issue. I, they will have no issue.
1: Okay, because I, I mean I would think, and I'm I'm thinking for Vegas' perspective. Um, who I would who I from the Sharks, I think they're going to look at. I think they're going to look on the blue line. Brendan yep. Dillon, David, David Schwambco, are both on very reasonable contracts for a very good amount of time, and they're good defensemen. Yep, um, Paul Martin too. I could see potentially. Um, but I mean, think the dark. One,
0: you got to go remember ahead. that both those guys are only making like you know a million or two million fewer dollars than than vodka. It's not like yeah, exactly. you know, it's not very much. And they're
1: gonna and they're gonna want the value there. I would say the the best value on the Sharks, and I think I mean he's not gonna get protected because they're gonna protect Martin Jones. Um, I I wonder with how well Dells played if Vegas is claiming him. They do have to claim. I think they have to three. Claim, Three goalies or four? Three. Three they have to claim three goalies. He's gonna be very cheap. Um, and he's you know, probably deserved an extended look. Now that just could be me caping for the guy. I don't know how high Vegas is looking at him, but you know, if if they let's say they take, you know, Marc Andre Fleury and then one of the Dallas goalies, and then you mm. need a cheap
0: No, no, no. You know who they're gonna take. They're taking I would take James Reimer.
1: Well, yeah, Ryan. I think let's say so. Let's say they take Ryan and Mark Andre Fleury. Yeah, and
0: then, and then you take Dell on the cheap to play in the AHL. Yeah, dude. Yeah, that's a no-brainer.
1: And who can push the other two guys? Because I know yep. Fleury's only signed for one more year.
0: Yep. Um, and then you bring up Dell to be your backup after one year. That's yeah. I mean, Vegas starts to look like you know I mean, a, not a contender or anything, but at least gonna be like competitive. they're going yeah, to be gonna competitive. competitive. Yeah, they're yeah, going to win gonna some be, hockey uh, games. They're going to be a give, pain in the
1: butt. I give the NHL props with how they've set up the expansion draft this year to ensure that okay, they're not going to be the San Jose Sharks of 1991, 92. Like they're not going to.
0: I'm really glad win. Uh, that I wasn't. are not going to win a. Uh, you weren't alive for that team. Yeah. Oh man. Man. <laughs> no bueno. Yeah, this is going to be a good hockey team. Uh, or at least you know, they're going to win some games. They are not going to be the worst team in the NHL in their first year. I don't. No,
1: think. I don't. I don't think so.
0: Uh, yeah, I, the, the Sharks are going to lose a defender. And if they don't lose a defender, they're going to lose a better forward than, than Mikhail Bodker would be my guess. And listen, if the if the if Vegas wants to take Mikhail Bodker, the Sharks get away with it, then um,
1: cool. By all means, go for it. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah.
0: Neat. But people are talking as if that would be like, oh, why wouldn't Vegas want to do that? It's like, well, uh, hold on. Let me uh, get a book out here. And yeah. Chapter one. <laughs> How to run an That's NHL insane. franchise into yeah, exactly. the ground? <laughs> I've got this. Uh, okay, so Nikolai Goldobin. Uh, let me let me just preface. Let let us let's. let's uh, let me start with a question. Do you think he plays another NHL game this year? Oh, man. This, this year. Um. Oh yeah. So by this year, I mean this season.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think I think the benching certainly was not a great. Hey, hey, this
0: was a yes or no question. What
1: is this? Uh, yeah, I think he could. I think I think that. Yeah, I think yes. I would say he'll play at least one more game this year in the NHL. Um, Uh, I say
0: no. He's 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 toast.
1: I say yes because I think I think this Don Scoy thing. And again, I'm putting on my speculative journalist hat. No instant information. Um. I think either he or someone else will get hurt again, and I mean he's going to be the next. He's going to. He's just going to. He's going to keep playing well. It's not because they want him to get called up. It's because he's
0: <laughs> right. Okay. Well
1: or he's going to deserve it. I mean, you first game back yesterday. The AHL. I know.
0: Was- what a baller! Third game in three nights. I mean, I know he didn't play that many minutes uh, against Boston, but still comes right in, scores again. Just does not care.
1: Yeah, um, I, I- I'm sure Roy Sommer won't complain too much if, uh, if if Goldobin spends the rest of the year with the Barracuda, who are now the AHL-leading San Jose Barracuda. I like to think that Roy Sommer goes
0: home every night, puts on the same slippers he's owned for 40 years, and drinks, like, some really cheap whiskey out of a plastic cup and then smokes a cigar every single night. Just happiest man in all of San Jose every night. Roy Gross,
1: game player of the week.
0: I guess that's true. Uh, we should probably write something about that. Uh, if, if somebody around here runs a Sharks website, <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> <Whew>. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man, we want to be that. Is asshole. Roy
1: Sober going to win AHL Coach of the Year?
0: Oh, ab- absolutely. Oh, I can't wait, man. Uh, he legitimately must be the happiest man in the world. You know what's the, the funniest thing to me is that after years, and I'm glad that I never took part in this because I had no, uh, no opinion on HL anything because uh, the HL team for the Sharks has been irrelevant for so many years, but it just right. seemed like for years people just absolutely took Roy Sommer to the woodshed. And it was like, Oh man, yeah, really? right. So like, what's the deal with Roy Sommer? Do yeah. we, how do we even have an opinion on a guy that coaches in Worcester yeah, uh, and and now it's like, oh, hey, look, that Roy Sommer guy has a team now, and look, yeah. they're good. No, exactly. And it's almost it's like nice that, almost like you know, maybe it's nice he that he's just getting
1: kind of- rewarded because I, I think when the when the Sharks have had AHL talent, they've done well. In 08-09, they made the playoffs. I believe they made the playoffs again in Worcester. I want to say I want to say like Wingles was when they when they had Wingles and stuff. Like when they had good teams, when they had Wingles and stuff, that yeah. was the bar for right, them. Right, exactly. But I mean, I think the biggest difference now is the homegrown. Uh, you know, there's oh, it's huge. It's all homegrown. Oh, so many homegrown.
0: Thirty-five-year-old AHL dudes.
1: Exactly. I mean, yes, you do have John McCarthy, and you. Uh, but but like-
0: John McCarthy is lighting the lamp right now, man. Yeah. John McCarthy's yeah. the dude. I man, John McCarthy. See, John McCarthy is a guy like if uh, is is like a. Uh, you know, he's actually the guy that I, I if if John McCarthy was playing Michael Haley's role right now. I probably wouldn't even complain about it a single time because John McCarthy's like uh you know, he's been around for about 40,000 years. He used yeah,
1: with the Sharks organization for sure.
0: John John McCarthy actually learned to play hockey by using an actual woolly mammoth tusk. Yeah. That's where they got it for for Jumbo.
1: They are 31 and the the was the Barracuda, I almost said Worcester Sharks. Oh, good 31, 11-1 oh. and 3 this year. They're 31 and 15 like
0: that's so good, dude.
1: They've almost they've literally almost they've won over yeah, you know, they've won over they've the highest winning percentage of the AHL. Uh I, I think we expected them to be good this year, not that but I don't think we we're expecting this.
0: I the goaltending to me was like the, the issue. And that yeah. was the issue early on. They were not yeah. good goaltending wise. Uh but uh Armalis has has you know really grown into the league and Grossnik has been just just stupid good.
1: Does do you think Grossnik pushes Dell? Out of the organization next year.
0: Um, I I honestly don't know. I really I don't have a good sense for that at all because it doesn't seem like Doug Wilson loves Aaron Dell that much. But that being said, Grosnick has been so bad every year except for all of a sudden right now right. that it's kind of tough. I don't. I really don't know.
1: He has a comp. He has a competent defense in front of him, and
0: he uh, he he's he, yeah. playing well. It's so yeah. weird.
1: Well, Dell is so Dell signed beyond this season. That's my mistake. He is signed next year. Oh, good. Well, then so 675,000. He is, he is on a, he does have a, uh, AHL salary for next year. So if Vegas goes that route, um, but yeah, it's good to see, it's good to see the goaltending play well. I mean, we, you know, we've talked about it. They haven't had a whole lot of luck at that position, uh, at that position lately with guys they've brought in and developed. Um, and um but now they're now they're have now they're getting, you know, they're getting good performance from Aaron Dell, who yes, they didn't draft, but you know, they did sign him as then as an undrafted guy and and you know brought him into the fold. So I would give them some credit with his development. Sure. He's also but he's also just a very good goalie. So I, I think, you know, like he's, he's done it at every level. Nine twenty seven, nine twenty two at in his two years with Worcester and the Barracuda, like in a nine thirty four this year. <laughs> Twelve 12 games in the NHL. It's almost like he's a good goalie or something. Hey, maybe he should play more. Yeah, maybe. Has anyone written that? That'd be
0: good. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Content. Probably some idiot.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Sharks
0: don't play again until uh, until Saturday when they play against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, meanwhile, the Sharks have, uh, despite you know playing okay, uh, pretty well, they uh, kind of have a stranglehold on the Pacific. Uh, at the very least, the only team they're really fighting with is the Edmonton Oilers because the uh, Ducks continue to be terrible. Um, hey, did uh, anybody see that coming?
1: Yeah. Oh, wait, no. hold on.
0: You guys can't see it, but oh, I'm raising my hand. Real. Oh, <laughs> well, there it goes. All, we're all the way up. Uh, they They stink. They are down to a plus two goal differential.
1: Wow, it's almost like a team that you know lost ten games in overtime and got ten standings points from that. It wasn't actually that good. Uh, you better be careful, dude. The Sharks have seven standings. points That's true. from That now, so right, the Sharks up. are thirty-five and twenty-five. If you combine the two, the Ducks are thirty-one and thirty.
0: <laughs> <That's>, well, <clears throat>
1: yeah, not
0: good. Uh, yeah, the uh, the, the Sharks really also have.
1: That I think I'd be worried about in the at the top of the division.
0: Oilers are good, dude. Yeah, just like we've been saying, they should be for years.
1: And if if you they finally uh, it,
0: guys, it only took a thousand first overall draft picks. Good for you, exactly. Gold Star. Sharks
1: should be worried. Good a, for you, Glen Coco. The Sharks should be worried a little bit um, if
0: about the Oilers. Yeah,
1: if if I'm saying depending on what the Oilers do at the deadline, if. If yep. the Oilers make a run at Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, getting out of the Pacific Division becomes a lot more difficult, I'd say.
0: Uh hey, let's can I turn what you said on its head a little bit? Yes. Oilers fans should be a little bit worried about what the Oilers do at the deadline. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Uh, always a concern over over an Alberto. Yes. <laughs> what the Oilers yes. do. I
1: think that's a, that's a worry.
0: <laughs> so maybe Doug should get on the phone. They'll trade
1: Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Michael Haley.
0: Exactly. Uh, or, oh my God! What are the odds that they they go get Roman Polak?
1: The Sharks, the Oilers.
0: Well, shit, both. But <laughs> I was thinking the Oilers. Yeah, Thanks. I think
1: they'll they'll get another defenseman.
0: there. They're, I think there absolutely is a chance that uh, that they get Roman Polak. Or I think they're gonna,
1: they're going to go after. I mean, I don't think I, I still don't think St. Louis is going to trade him, but I think they're going to go after uh, after Shattenkirk.
0: I I uh, no the the uh, St. Louis doesn't give him up. The St. Louis is gonna make the playoffs.
1: Yeah. But Shattenkirk will not stay in St. Louis this year. You don't think so? No. I think he would have I think he would have signed already. Then again, I could be proven wrong. Mike Yo has them playing very good hockey lately and they had they just did that heartwarming video with the eleven year old girl who's coming on the road trip with them.
0: Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Well, that is cool. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko is just my favorite. We should get oh, him. He's, he's a great player. Uh, why, was, why didn't Chichu put him in the roster-bation thing? I, that's who I want. Vladimir oh, Tarasenko.
1: man, because you'd probably have to trade the entire Sharks roster for it. But uh,
0: my, Yeah, that's true. I just feel like, yeah, Ter- Kirk probably doesn't want to sign in St. Louis because I honestly don't know if I could actually try hard for a guy that looks like Mike Yeo. Like, I see him, and I'm like, nah.
1: Mike Yeo good. looks like, one of the like one of the fans that NHL seventeen procedurally generates in the background. Yeah. Absolutely. Like just completely nondescript. Like
0: Do you do you remember uh remember that meltdown he had in Minnesota last year before he got fired? Like the during a practice where he was like throwing stuff on the ice.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I was
0: like I remember watching that and being like, Yeah, I don't know. Like I've had coaches, like you know, I've played on a lot of sports teams. I've played on sports teams, yeah, you know, good ones and bad ones. And I've been on, you know, one of the bad ones where we were like, yeah, when we checked out. We were like, okay, you know, we're terrible, and we're we're all right with that. We don't care. And the coach right. was like, couldn't deal with it, right? And you know, he has a temper tantrum. We're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Call my mom? Yeah, go ahead. Here, here's here's my phone, coach. Why don't you call my mom and call my mom about it? You know, he's like having a temper tantrum. He's like, yeah, we don't care about you, dude. You know, yeah, go get divorced or something. And that's what Mike Yow is like to me. It's like, yeah, go go get divorced or something, kid. I,
1: I, I still go back to procedurally generated background fan from an EA or 2K sports game. To me,
0: what- he just looks like a sad, divorced man. That's what he looks like to me. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, just uh, calls him like I sees him. Uh, all right. Do we have any other questions in the chat? Oh, man. I, there are some things in here. Uh, let's see. Uh, wow, man, (laughs) Cole and Akira are just like having their own conversation, totally independent of us. And I love that. We're just bringing people together separate from us. Uh, blah, blah, blah is no. Okay. No, how do you guys think that cold open? Oh, do you? Wow. Uh, we're going straight here. Do you guys think that Goldobin will uh, jump ship to the K? No, not really. Gold- no. Dude, I- here's why I don't think that. Uh, Marcus has a serious answer, so let me say my bullshit answer go for first. Goldobin is having way too much fun living in, in, in California to go to. Back to <laughs> Russia. Russia sucks, dude. Ru- have you ever been to Russia? Russia's a shithole. Dude's driving fast cars and uh, doing other stuff uh, in, in California. Dude's not going back to Russia. Yeah, you I, you know, I, w- I would
1: say, you know, I, I think that's a, that's a common narrative about Russian players. And I think, you know, it, it, it has been at times, um, you know, and this isn't necessarily foolproof because I know, uh, I want to say Alexander Radulov played Canadian junior and then he ended up going back to Russia. Uh, yes, he did. He did play in the, uh, Radulov played in the queue look I, I just think with guys who have played in junior I think it's a little different I don't think the poll is as strong I think a, re- a reason Radulov went back is because like he was pretty much blacklisted from the NHL after the partying scandal with the predators and like you know rightfully so you go out and party the night before a playoff game or you show up after curfew you're going to it's not gonna you're end very well you're um, going to
0: have a bad time yeah
1: exactly um but you know I just Look, I I know it's a it's a common refrain, but like would we be saying that about him if he was, you know, any other nationality? No, I think no. it's a little un, I think it's a little unfair to Goldobin to say, oh, he's gonna go to the KHL. You know, there there are plenty of Canadian players that would jump ship have jumped ship from the AHL for that money. Um and I but the other thing is he's too good. You know, he's a he's a former first round pick. He's playing very, very well. For the uh, for the Barracuda for the AHL leading San Jose Barracuda, he's arguably been their best player this season. Arguably, I'm not saying he has, but I think you know my people who have watched watched the team more than I have would could make that argument. Again, I don't know if they would, but I think Ian Reed
0: is on. dying on that hill. So
1: okay, well, hey, our old Ian Reed dying on the Goldobin has been the the Barracuda's best. And player. And we will season. let him. Die. Yeah, hey, that's a hill. You know, that's a. I'll defend him on that. Um, okay, you can I think the, I there, think then. the Goldobin to the KHL thing is I think it's a little tongue in cheek, but I'd also think it's it's very unfair to him and it, I think it just contributes to the
0: uh, right, uh I even think saying it tongue in cheek is kind of shitty.
1: I do too. I think it's an un, it's an unfair stereotype of a rush of a player based solely upon his nationality. Um he's he's too good not to get a look in the NHL. I just it's like a a team that like does not have a lot of you know, pieces up front could use him and would, you know, I still think, I think Goldobin still got trade value. If the sharks wanted yeah. to trade him. I mean, again, former first round pick, world of skill. Thing. You're never, you're never going to get fair value for a guy like
0: Goldobin because he's option, no. And that's why I think you, there's no point in trading him. Just play him. Yeah. Don't be an idiot.
1: I think, honestly, I think he makes the team out of camp next year. I
0: really do. I also do. And that's why I think it's weird that we're, that, that, that's even a discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, let's see. How do you feel? Like, how do you feel, San Jose would fare against Edmonton in the playoffs? I think that they would beat them pretty handily. To be honest, I think Edmonton's yeah, a much better team than they have been in years past, but they're also not that good.
1: Depth is depth is key in the playoffs, and I don't think Edmonton has a ton of it. Depends on what they do at the trade deadline, but I they don't have
0: a bottom six or a defense.
1: Uh, I think McDavid. I think the Sharks really have to figure out who they're going to match up against McDavid. Um, Mark Edward Flasik. <laughs> Might It might be worth putting Burns and Vlasic together. I think just have the speed to contain Bla- – again, worth exploring. Uh, yeah. I don't think DeBoer is going to play his hand. Do they play Edmonton again this season? They do. I don't think DeBoer is At the end gonna, of uh, March, right? I think it's I don't think do DeBoer is going to give any indication. I don't think either team will give any indication what they do in a playoff series against each other in that series. Um, <laughs> the Sharks are actually just going to send the Barracuda up there. Yeah. They need, but they need. To, they need to figure out who's going to match up with David. We talked about it a little bit. You know,
0: Couture, not Joe Thornton. Not Joe I honestly, Jordan. I would,
1: I would be interested
0: in playing the the good, the bad, and the ugly line to see if how it plays. I think it's worth a shot. Speed.
1: I think they could. they the, try it, right? That's your that's your quote unquote, That's been your quote unquote shutdown line. I think in years okay. past. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's. I think Joe can handle Nuge or dry Um Yeah. And I think certainly you know, Drysaddle is the one
0: that is a little bit concerning because he's uh, shifty. He's like Drysaddle to me. I look at him. He's like an eel.
1: I really like Drysaddle. Oh yeah. He spent uh, some time. On, he spent, and if he spends time on McDavid's wig, that's better for the Sharks because that hurts Edmonton's depth. I, I think that series could go long just because of the MVP, uh, Connor or the MVP, Brent Burns, depending on your, your tint of your glasses. But uh, I think the Sharks win that series in six. I
0: think they win it in five. Uh, the only reason it goes six is if uh, Cam Talbot keeps playing the way he does. But there's also a chance that by the time we get there, Cam Talbot is like a rookie ball of ashes. Like, <clears throat> it looks like, a, like one of a Rock'em Sock'em sock robot. That's yeah, just,
1: exactly. Like, he's
0: fast. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's dead now. He's out. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, that, that, that is literally all the time that I have because I've got uh, – a. I've got to go do things. Uh, so Marcus, you can follow him on Twitter at Marcus P. White. follow me on Twitter at Jake Sundstrom. You can follow us both on Twitter occasionally at fear the Fin. We've got some good stuff on the website. We talked about the roster Post. post. Uh, we've got uh, uh, ranking our 25 under 25. I uh, republished that because it's obviously changed since last time. We had no more Matt Nieto rest in peace. Bless up Long Beach. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, go go do that. We've got some other bye week features planned. Um, so I think that's uh, I think that's 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 the thing. Uh, we'll do another podcast. Uh, probably not again this bye week. We're both pretty busy this week, so we'll do it again after uh, after this weekend's game. So until then, thank you guys for listening. And uh, yeah, good qualified success.